listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. Today's show, we will be joined primarily by Noah Gardner of ESPN 106.7. He hosts On the Line. We're going to look at what some guys did last year and what some positions did last year and kind of do our predict uh, predictions regarding, you know, projecting if um, if they'll be better, worse, about the same from where they were a year ago based on, you know, the little we know about this team so far. Just to kind of give some other notes with things happening, a lot of positive momentum regarding Scoot Henderson, the 6'3", 180-pound point guard. He is uh, in the class of 2022, but he would be one of the highest-rated players that Auburn's ever landed. He's rated higher than Cooper, couldn't, uh, according to 247. He's the best player in Georgia, which is great. Bruce Pearl's done a fantastic job recruiting the state of Georgia. But yeah, he's from Marietta, so just a, just a few hours away. It seems like Auburn is the clear-cut favorite. Um, just looking at his page right now on 247 Sports, all the crystal ball predictions are for Auburn. So that is huge. And also, I'm sure you guys have already seen this, but Auburn's Mississippi State game, that has been postponed yet again. I mean, weather in the Midwest is absolutely crazy. So it, it was supposed to be today, Thursday at 4 o'clock. That is no longer the case. And also in the conference, Alabama at Texas A&M and LSU at Ole Miss. So you have also been postponed. If it has been rescheduled, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so next up is Auburn taking on LSU and Baton Rouge. And that's going to be an interesting game. That is a game certainly Auburn can win, but they could have won a lot of the ones, you know, in the this kind of this final stretch in conference play. And they've fallen short. So once again, that is at... 3 o'clock. All right, I hate to get into an ad break this early, but this way the conversation won't be as broken up with Noah. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. They are the best place in regards to buying all the parts available for your car, your truck, or your SUV. And, you know, you don't have to worry about the middleman. You can just get the parts directly from Rock Auto because if you go to a place to get a, a specific part, they're just going to order it anyway. So why don't you just do it? It'd save you a ton, a ton of money. And rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck, or your SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. Noah Gardner with On the Line on ESPN 106.7. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, my man. How are you? I am good. A little bummed we're not going to get uh, any Auburn basketball this week. I think this is a great thing for Auburn basketball. They need some time to catch their breath. A reset? The, exactly. This mm. this feels like SEC Big 12 Challenge take two, but without any basketball games, right? Like the Baylor game, Baylor hit reset for Auburn. It sent them back to level one. Now this gives them a chance to catch their breath. They no longer feel like they're reeling, free-falling, whatever you want to say. This allows them to land on their feet, get up, 
and move forward with the rest of their their season yeah. I think it's a great thing for them they can at least catch their breath it's not going to get them out of rhythm because what rhythm are they in right now I think if anything this could this could only be a positive for Auburn basketball makes you wonder they're slated to take on LSU on Saturday at the time of us recording this um nothing has been talked about regarding that game so we'll have to see all right so uh, an idea that I had, something I kind of wanted to talk with you about. You know, we talk about guys returning. Are they going to get better? You know, there's always this assumption if you're going to bring somebody back, their production the following season will be better. And we're not going to talk about intangibles or things like that. We're talking about just statistics on today's show. And over the course of the offseason, I want to go through every player at some point and talk about, all right, is this guy going to be better? What do we expect? What does this person need to do? But as far as today's show, I just kind of want to go over some stats with you and get your thoughts, and I'll share my thoughts as well regarding um, who's going to get better, who's going to get worse. So, kind of like an over/under. We're just going to set the line of what they did last year. Let's do it. All right. So, Bo Nix threw for two thousand four hundred and fifteen yards last year. I'm of the mindset, and we talked with Charlie Five earlier in the week. He's in the mindset. He thinks Bo Nix has a chance to get three thousand yards. I said that last year as well. I, I don't think uh, I don't think he gets to three thousand yards, but I do think he beats twenty four hundred. This is tough because Brian Harson's had some 3,000-yard passers. Brett Ripium comes to mind most recently for me at Boise State, and the offense throws the ball a, a decent amount. Now, obviously, this isn't full-fledged Brian Harson's offense. This is my Bobo's offense. Yeah. And it would be a travesty, an absolute travesty, if they don't allow Tank Bigsby to carry this offense. If Tank Bigsby is not a 1,200-yard rusher, it is an absolute travesty. Yeah. That's only 100 a game. Right. That's less than 100 a game if you go to a bowl game. It is an absolute travesty. If and, Tank and the numbers. SEC championship, you know what I'm saying? That's right. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm going to say more than 2,400 yards because I think Bo Nix is going to thrive in this scheme. I've gone on the record saying a lot that I think the short, quick, intermediate, pro-style-like passing game is going to help him out a lot. They're going to they're gonna bring some type of framework, finally, to his, to his skill set. Does he beat 3,000? No. Does he beat twenty eight hundred? That's a much that's twenty six hundred. Oh, definitely over twenty six hundred. All right, say. so you feel comfortable above twenty six, not super comfortable above twenty eight. Right, and I'm trying to think about how many yards that would be. Just quick math here: if you do twenty seven hundred divided by twelve, uh, let's see, twenty seven hundred divided by twelve is two hundred twenty five yards a game. Bo Nix is a very is very much so. I w- I would prefer Bo Nix to be an Alex Smith like quarterback. Yeah. If he can give me 225, a 65% completion percentage, and two or three touchdowns a game with no picks, I'm a happy man with him at quarterback. So that's that's the kind of season I would like to see him do if we can get 1,200 at least out of Tank Bigsby. I want to see him closer to 1,400, though. All right, so you said uh, you said no picks in this perfect scenario for Bo Nix. Yeah. He threw seven last year. Less. Yeah, I think so, too, because I think he's going to be in better situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll both take the under for seven, despite there being more games. I, I'm pretty confident that he will not throw seven interceptions this year. Are you taking the over on the 2,400? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I think we see him take a huge step forward this year. Yeah, I don't think it's 3,000. There's a group, you know, and Charlie Five talked about it earlier in the week. He thinks it's 3,000. I'm in the same boat as you. I would say between – I'd feel comfortable going north of 2,500. 2,600, I get a little nervous and, and so on. Um, but, you know uh, – between 26 and 28, if I had to pick a 200-yard window, that's probably where I would park it. There's only so many yards to go around, and mm-hmm. I'm going to feel really sad for Tank Bigsby if he's only showing up with you know barely being in a 1,000-yard rusher. Once again, I, I put that on paper there for you. You are either, you know, if you do 100 a game for Tank Bigsby, 
you're a 1200 yard rusher at yeah. least and so like I would like to see this offense focus a little bit more on his skill set maybe than Bo Nix's because I, I I think he has the potential to be the best running back in college football yeah all right the other one I have written down for Bo Nix last one uh 12 touchdowns we're both over on that oh yeah yeah oh yeah okay um all right Tank had okay Bo Nix also had seven touchdowns rushing I think that goes down just because you don't see Brian Hartson running backs really or quarterbacks really running around. Okay, so you said Bo Nix there. For some reason, yes. Tank Bigsby's still in yes. my mind. I'm, I'm all yeah. on the tank. I'm all we'll on get the a tank. tank. I promise. <laughs> we'll pro- I promise. Yeah, Bo Nix had seven touchdowns rushing last year. I think that goes down. I would agree with that. Okay. I would agree with that. All right, let's move on to your boy Tank. There we go. Um, he had 834 yards rushing last year. Uh, sounds like you believe that he will be above that, um, and, and I do too. I'm going to be pretty disappointed if he's not close to 1,400, and I know I'm setting a high bar for this guy. I mean, that's almost double. I mean, that, that's a shade. Uh, that's a couple hundred yards uh, less than double of what he did this past year. But my thing with Tank is we really saw him come a long way. I think this is a guy that you could be talking about scrimmage yards rather than just rush yards. Are you, consi- are you concerned at all with injury? That's possible, 100%. I mean, his, his durability. His thing with Tennessee was so fluky, though. Like, that could right. – I mean, he could he could play every game for the rest of his Auburn career, though, and I wouldn't be surprised. It's just – it's impossible to know. Sure, and, and he seems to have great balance. And, with, and typically with great balance, you can, you can tend to say that a guy's pretty flexible, and flexibility is a big part of not, yeah. you know, hurting things like your hamstring and your – and ankles and whatnot, but – He's not an overly rigid running back. You know, he's he's pretty fluid in his running style as well. So, like, I don't want to sit here and get into the doctor things with, with Tank Bigsby. The Tennessee thing was fluky. If someone threw me on my hip that was 300 pounds and threw me over like a suplex, you know, the, I, yeah. I would I would be hurt as well. He just went down in, like, so much more uncomfortable ways. It's crazy that that's the one that they got him. You never know, but that's just that's the nature of the sport. Tank had five touchdowns on the ground last year. I think that goes up. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if he breaks 10, though. I don't know if he breaks 10. Okay. Shivers had 276 yards on the ground. Do you think that goes up? 276? Yeah. That was it? I think so. As much as they rushed that guy, that was it? Let me confirm. I think it goes down. Do you really? I, th- I think we see more Devin Barrett. Once again, yeah, yeah, 76. Staff, this coaching staff has no allegiance whatsoever to any of the players on this football team. No allegiance to the depth chart. They didn't recruit these guys. They probably yeah. don't even know who these guys were because they were in the complete opposite end of the country right. from where they're typically recruiting. Sean Shivers, I like the guy a lot. I love how he runs. I love he runs mean. If he was two inches taller, he'd be an exceptional running back with the way that he runs. Harson seems, you know, he's a big culture guy. You and I have talked about that before. And, you know, we talked with folks, um, you know, former players talking about leadership this offseason. And Shivers is a huge leader in this locker room. You know, we, you know, he's gotten criticism for what he's done on Twitter and, you know, maybe effort on some of his plays when he needs to block. But there oh, is come a. Come on. The, guy, the guy's tiny. He can't yeah, block. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, there's been. There's just so much respect in that locker room for him. And Harson's going to see that. So that's just something to think. I think it goes down as well. Uh, I would take the under on rushing. They may use him more and more of a gadget role or something like that. Can he pass catch? That, that's the other thing. I, I think he can. I th- if he can, I think it's going to really help him You know, as far as going to the NFL. So my whole thing on Shivers isn't necessarily ability or want to or leadership or culture. I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm with you. I just don't see this coaching staff giving him the rock as much as Gus Malzahn insisted on giving Sean Shivers the football. Yeah, he may be more important in the offense, assuming everyone is healthy, but 
in a weird way, his he, he could be more important, but his rushing yards go down. My next one, Shivers had 10 catches. I think that goes up for the reason I just said. I still wonder. I, I think Shivers' usage goes down a lot, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I like Shivers a lot, and it's easy to root for the underdog do, here. Do, do you see his stuff going down because of Devin Barrett? Yes. Not because of how the coaching staff will use him. You think Devin Barrett beats him, or do you think it just splits into his load? I don't. He splits into his load okay. a little bit. Maybe he does beat him. I don't know. I don't have any sources on the Devin Barrett thing moving to running back. Just a feeling. Not. It's it's a feeling, but it's I also, loved I loved Devin as a as a uh, as a freshman and, and as a recruit as well. And and his body has not gotten worse. You know, he still looks like a running back. He's still as athletic as ever. If anything, he's added more. He's added more tools to his arsenal because he's played wide receiver and defensive back since he last played running back. So, And, and you, you hear the comments that now Air Force running backs coach and former Auburn running backs coach Tim Horton made about him. Sure. It wasn't about talent, and I don't think it was about talent. I, I don't know what happened for him getting jettisoned out of the running back room because I, I, I think I would have preferred him maybe to some of the guys that were around when Jatarvis Whitlow was the starter. You know, like I, I don't think he was that much worse. or I, There's no way that he could have been worse than DJ Williams or, or Jatarvius Whitlow. I agree with that. It's like he could have done everything that they were doing. A lot of their issues may have been, you know, centering around the offensive line, whatever people want to blame it on. But Devin Barrett, for some reason, th- this coaching staff wanted to move him out of that room. I think this coaching staff and bringing him back into the room is like, this is where you're going to excel. We know he can catch passes because that's how Gus Malzahn used him. He, he came in, did his swing pass, and that was it. Right. And, like, how can you succeed when that's the only thing that you do? He's also been on special teams, so you know he's athletic. Yeah. I mean, any any D1 SEC athlete that can move from offense to defense or vice versa, you know athleticism is not a problem. Noah Garner joining us. All right, we're going to talk over under uh, for receivers and some defensive players next right here on Locked on Auburn. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA is not. College basketball is not. Uh, the NHL's going if you're into that Canadian sport. And baseball is right around the corner. Bet online even covers reality TV shows. But the best thing about Bet Online, uh, other than you know, it's extremely easy and, and quick. The real time updated odds is it's fun. It's fun to live bet things, and you gotta get a get a feel of the game. And, you know, maybe you can beat Vegas with some live action. Head to the website right now, betonline.ag. You can do it from your computer, your mobile device, whatever. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, next up, let's talk a little receivers. We got quarterback and running back out of the way. So Anthony Schwartz led the way for Auburn last year. With catches, he had 54 receptions, led the team with, uh, with receptions. So obviously Schwartz isn't on the team anymore. Will Auburn have a receiver go over 54 yards? And just to look at who's coming back. You mean catches. Yes. Yes, thank you for correcting me. Um, like Capers had seven catches for 77 yards. Natural wide receiver Kobe Hudson had seven catches for 77 yards. Shedrick had six for 84 and Elijah Canyon had three for 80. I believe all of those were in the bowl game. So yeah, It sounds like all those guys just had one really good game. <laughs> yeah, and all those guys will go up. I'm actually surprised that Kobe Hudson and Capers were so close, both seven catches within seven yards of each other, because it seemed like Capers was way more relevant during the season than the natural wide receiver that is Kobe Hudson. But See, I actually felt the other one. That's funny. It's funny. All right, so I guess I was just like looking for Kobe Hudson so much because he's my dude. I love Kobe Hudson. But anyway, all right, so... Schwartz had 54 catches, led the way. 
Will Auburn have a receiver with more than 54 yards next year? Or 54 catches next year? Yes to the yards, no to the catches. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, I, I, I think that this is going to be a much more balanced approach. I expect this offense to run a little bit more than maybe um, than maybe most people might be. That you know, nothing against Charlie Five, but I, you know, I know I he's expecting a three thousand yard Bo Nix. I'm more I'm more on the side of a a run uh, more of a run first offense here. I think they're going to build around Tank Bigsby here, and why, why wouldn't you? Because yeah. he. He really could be the best running back in college football. But with these receivers, I see more of a team effort. Nobody jumps off the page for me right now. Nobody jumps off the page for me being this like elite receiver that, that can just like separate themselves from the rest of the receiver room. Who do you think is the most natural wide receiver in the receiver room? Kobe Hudson. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. Seth Williams led the way for Auburn in receiving yards. I can finally say the yards were to be correct there. He had 760 receiving yards last year. Obviously, Seth Williams not on the team going forward. Um, will Auburn have a receiver next year that reaches 760 yards receiving? I think they get to 600. Maybe the leading receiver maybe gets to 600. One had, at six, one at four, one at two, and something like that. Yeah, I mean, let, let's once again go back to the calculator here. If somebody had 40 catches for 600 yards, they averaged about reception. Uh, you know, it, it's up there in terms of being able to stretch the field. So maybe maybe somebody gets to 50 catches and 600 yards. So Eli Stove had 44 for 359. Um, Schwartz had 54 for 633. Seth had 47 for uh, 760. And then next was, uh, I didn't realize the drop-off was that dramatic, but next is John Samuel Shanker, nine catches for 97 yards. So can that balance look like that? I No, I don't know, man. I, I think if you're going to throw for 2,800 yards, which we think that that's kind of the north part of what we're thinking Bo Nix can do, that gets you pretty close. I don't care how like how much can you even it out, you know, across four or five guys. Like one dude's going to get pretty close. I'm going to say yes. True. That is I'm pretty gonna, true because that's I mean, good. We're playing with extra yards. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. So that's I'm fair. I'm going to say that somebody does go over 760, and I'll predict that it's my boy Kobe Hudson. Man, I just the receivers that have been in that company. And the, and the reason why I'm having a hard time getting there. But your math checks out. Your math 100% checks out there. I mean, we get an extra 400 yards to spread right. across the way. And that's hard to spread out evenly amongst like four or five players because they would all be at like 600 yards, which ain't happening. So somebody yeah. would have to be at about 800. There's going to be a lead guy. The thing, the reason why I have such a hard time getting there is because, and once again, your math checks out. I guess this is more of a perception thing for me. The guys that have been in that company for Auburn have been Auburn's best receivers in the last decade. And I and they've been guys like Seth Williams. They've been guys like Darvin Adams. They've been you know Emory Blakes of the world. They those types yeah. of guys have had those types of seasons. But other programs out there make a thousand yard receiver seasons look natural. But right. Auburn's makes it look really difficult. And it's just so hard with this new offense coming in to to uh, to properly gauge that. Yeah, I hope Auburn's offense looks like other offenses because. It's been um, it's it's been hard to not be envious. I'm being honest. <laughs> All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Zacoby McLean had an incredible season, 113 tackles. Can he top that? Does no. that go up or down? It goes down. It's got to go down. It's Most go guys down. don't break 100 tackles. You know, it's a big deal, and he got like shafted from all the postseason award lists, which is ridiculous. Also, he did it in 11 games. 
True. He did 113 divided by 11. He averaged over 10 tackles a game. Guys don't do that. That's crazy. People don't do that. You had a good day if you had seven or eight tackles. Mm-hmm. And he did it every single time. There was nothing. There was right. no. There's no step back. So. so I'm with you. I think it goes down because most of the time there's going to be more linebackers on the field this year also, too. Also, and you can't spread tackles. It's the same thing with the receivers. You're going to spread that out a little bit more even. Oh, and Papo at 93. Is that going up or down? That's going down as well. I agree. We have to keep in mind, they only used two linebackers last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't know other linebackers got any love. Got and any they played time. a ton because KJ went down. Also, the other part of this was Auburn's defensive line was terrible. Terrible. I don't know if it's going to be much better. That's fair. I think it improves just a little bit, but I don't think that these linebackers are going to be forced to make tackles, you know, five, six, seven, ta- uh, five, six, seven yards down the field. I agree. Which with was that. happening so much, you know. And that's the other thing with linebackers. You know, I once talked. I once talked to a high school coach. Uh, you know, he was talking about one of his linebackers and saying that you know he had. I, I mentioned that he had ten tackles to him. And he's like, yeah, but he was making them, you know, seven yards down the field. That's right. not exactly where you want your linebackers making plays. So it, these coaches view things a little bit differently. Not talking about about these two linebackers and spe- you know specifically, but they uh, they're not going to be making tackles seven yards down the field on average. I don't yeah, think. you'll hear people talk about like safeties getting like you know seventy or eighty tackles in a season. It's like an accolade. I'm like. Obviously, there's ways to, you know, there are schemes and plays where that's great. But, dude, but, your front seven stunk. <laughs> yeah, or he allowed a lot of catches or something like that. He, yeah. You know, if you allow a 15-yard catch and then you tackle him, it's like, yeah, you get the tackle, but you gave up a reception and 15 yards. Mm-hmm. So it, it all just depends. Smoke Monday um, surprised some folks, myself included to some extent. I think it's good that he came back, though. He had two interceptions last year. Do you think that goes up or down? Derek Mason Defensive coordinator. He's going to be. Now, we obviously remember the pick six. Yeah. But uh, Derek Mason's going to be coaching him, and I think the safeties are going to benefit a ton, a ton from this. Can Smoke Monday get more than two interceptions in 2021? I'm going to say yes. Which is inter- Which feels a little weird because I'm not. I'm not a big Smoke Monday guy. I like him. I think he's a great leader for this team. But you know, at, at times I feel like he gets a little lost in coverage. I think Derek Mason's going to change a lot of this. I'm going to say no. Okay. Auburn's defense still has all the same players that are not your prototypical ball hawking, you know, turnover machine defense. Right. They don't force a whole lot of fumbles. They don't they don't create a they just don't create a whole lot of turnovers. I'm expecting more of the cornerbacks to have big years, maybe than Smoke Monday. And once again, I'm just thinking law of averages here. And I, I'd have a hard time believing that Auburn's going to have a safety that's going to get three or four picks in a year. All right, last one. Roger McCreary had three a year ago. Surprised a ton of folks for coming back. He's going to be fighting for a chance to be a first-round draft pick. He knows it. Three a year ago, does that go up or down? So he had three in 2020? Yep. Wow, that's more than I thought he did too. I uh, I, I was yeah. I'm I'm going here. down because nobody's going to throw his way. It's not mm. an indictment on him that he's not going to get three picks. Oftentimes, you see some of these first rounders get drafted, and they might only have one or two picks in a year, right. and it's because nobody throws their way. I think for the large portion of this season, you know, excluding the Georgias and the Bamas, nobody's going to be throwing his way this year. It, the guys that the guys that are going to come away with interceptions are going to be your Nehemiah Pritchett's. And your Jalen Simpsons. Yeah, Domeo, does he get on the field, yeah. something like that. That's a good point. I was actually leaning towards yes, but you've changed my mind because that's a good point. He's going to have that like random Tuesday afternoon tweet from Pro Football Focus where it's like Roger McCreary like played 
you know, 70 snaps and coverage and he zero allowed, targets. Yeah, zero <laughs> targets or like was targeted three times for like two yards or something like that. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's the Pritchett thing. Pritchett had that same tweet, but it was I think College Football Film Room put it out mm-hmm. and like average yards per target. I think for Pritchett this year was 2.9. Yeah. It's like they ain't throwing bubble screens to this dude. It's Why just, would you? That's yeah. a wasted play. Yeah, and so like Pritchett's, Pritchett had that type of year. I, I wonder how people treat him this upcoming season because he really came on strong as the year went on. Earlier, I think it was a little shaky, but Pritchett really came on strong as the year ended. Yeah, I mean, if if you're a corner, like you got to go to an SEC school. Auburn's cranking them out. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. I mean, if you are a corner. I don't know why you would consider going somewhere else. <laughs> you know what Derek I mean? Derek Mason played cornerback in college. He, yeah. He's, he knows what he's talking about when it comes down to right. you know, playing defense and, back. Uh, I'm mean, so excited about Zach Gethridge, and I hope they keep that scrappy mindset, that bump and run style. Zach Gethridge had some interceptions in his time at Auburn. As a safety, yeah, which is a little interesting. Um, I assume that he just stayed as a safeties coach, but obviously he didn't. So, um, Cool. Man, where can people find uh, everything that you're doing? You're doing a lot. People can find me on On the Line from 2 to 4 p.m. on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central, Alabama, 98.3 FM. Once again, that's weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, uh, check out check out all the content I'm putting out on RadioAlabamaSports.net. Find me on Twitter, at Point Gardner. I'll see you, my man. That's Noah Gardner joining us today. Thank you so much, my friend. Really, really appreciate your time. Wow, we only have one more show this week. That's been crazy. This week's flown by, man. It's absolutely flown by. Be sure to uh, come back tomorrow. We'd love to have you. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.